The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Uh, one of my favorite guests, Thomas Booker, is on today. And I guess we've got a lot to talk about in sports, especially baseball. You're you're wearing a Cleveland Indian shirt, and I'm, I'm happy to see that. Um, yeah. Rocky Calavito. Was Rocky Calavito a Cleveland Indian? For many years. Nine-time All-Star. Didn't didn't uh, he was a good fielder? But I actually saw a ball hit him in the head that he was fielding one day. Really? It's been a long time ago, of course. I was unaware Rocky Calavito got hit in the head with a ball. I mean, I'm sure it happened in his long career, but he was a pretty. Uh, Could he have? Would he have made less money <laughs> if he was negotiating the deal at that point? And uh, you know, there's uh, no telling. We are talking about before we went on the air. Money is absolutely destroying all sports: baseball, uh, NFL. It is in my all opinion. of those things right now. I think the average guy like us, I, I I think that I'm losing a lot of patience and a lot of faith in in the pro athletes right now because there's so much greed there. You know, I can remember, and and I think you can too, um, Larry Bird was asked one time, he was not the highest paid player in basketball. And they asked him, doesn't that bother you? He said, why should it bother me? When I retire and uh, I have business things going on, I'll have more money than they will anyway. So he, it, it's it's like that it wasn't the number one thing for Larry Bird. Right. And I, I love those old days back when the players were, were not so greedy that um, some, sometimes they would even have to get a second job during off season mm-hmm. to e- even make ends meet. And uh, games that kids play – and enjoy, uh, and then you're going to make a ton of money off of it because of television. Television is going to be eventually the ruination of sports. I firmly believe that. I think it's already there personally. But Yeah, well. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's convenient to be able to watch certain games like MLB Network having all the different, you know, ball channels, but – but, but it makes me not want to watch it oh, even more. No, I know. I, I've gotten to the point where I, I, 
I don't take ESPN, and that's one of the main problems with it uh, because most of the announcers, they don't even talk sports. They talk about politics or or other things that are, are more negative toward our country. And how in the world could we get in that type of situation? It's just almost seems like the um, we're being attacked from within, you might say. I agree. It's yeah. sad. It's sad. In this off season, I'm just, you know, sitting here talking with you before we go on the air, you know, some of these contracts that were, you know, completed in the last couple of days for some of these ball players, it's unheard of. Yeah, te- uh, the people that don't know, give them uh, some of those contracts with with that. Max Scherzer signed a three-year for money. $148 million. <laughs> Getting $44 million a year to, you know, make probably 36 starts. I mean, he's making over a million dollars a start. And play a fun game. Yeah. And he's 37 years old on top of that. I mean, he's not no spring chicken. Yeah, I think the Atlanta Braves are still, the fans are still worried about what's going to happen with Freddie. But I don't believe Freddie Freeman will just toss out the Braves. I think he's going to stay there. He seems to be the type of person that actually enjoys and and loves playing where he is and – being a part of the team, it just uh, it to me the large amount of money in these big contracts separates uh, people from being a team person, and they're willing to go anywhere as long as the money is available. Sure. How, how can you be a team player I mean, if the money means more than everything else when it's an illicit amount to start with? I think it's all about me now. It's not about team. For a lot of those players, don't didn't you enjoy baseball more in the earlier days? Oh, most definitely. In the history of it, I enjoy so much more. But yeah. you know, when you start getting to all these different free agency contracts, and yeah. like I said, signing for forty million dollars a year, I mean, it's it's just it's insane. Look at the money that they're making now, and think about the the really glory days, say of baseball was really the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s and into the 60s. Mm-hmm. Those were the glory days because uh, that was the number one thing that the fans, they wanted to be in the ballpark at that time. And that was a special thing that they could share with their kids. And Oh, most definitely. And most of the, the parents probably had thrown baseballs to their kids and teach them how to throw and catch and hit and all those things it was the whole marvin miller society i agree the whole marvin miller thing though with free agency in the 1970s i think it just that was really the opening to pandora's box to you know what it's become plus television plus television i mean i remember remember back in the mid 90s albert bell signing a outrageous contract with the you know which was then outrageous i think it was like five years for Maybe fifty million dollars, so it was ten million dollars a year. Yeah, and I think that was '96. He signed with the White Sox, and I remember people then going, "Oh my gosh, you know, ten million a year, which was a lot, you know, then." But then just looking now at forty million a year, and it's only going to go higher. It's only yeah. going to go higher. I mean, it's crazy. As far as Freddie Freeman, I didn't tell you this, but according to what I've been looking at. 
Uh, the Dodgers lost Corey Seager. He signed a 10-year contract for $325 million mm. to play for the Rangers. So he was the Dodgers shortstop. Uh, the Dodgers also, of course, like I said, lost Max Scherzer to the Mets. Yeah. So I've heard the Dodgers are, might be going for Freddie Freeman because Freddie Freeman does live in Southern California in the off season. Yeah. So I, I've heard they are going to make a pitch for him. If they give him his six years, he's asking for. He may sign with the Dodgers. I mean, it's hard to say, but what everybody says, um, <clears throat> well, that's that's his prerogative. That's his choice. Uh, so. Um, he should look out for himself more than he should the team. I just I just can't go along with that concept. I really can't. And one of these days, I, I really believe the fans will get tired of it and, and they will quit going to the games. They'll quit watching it on television. That's the big thing. In some places, you they can, already have. Yeah. And if, you, and if, if that protest ever gets started and, and goes across the country – I think things will change, and if if television goes broke, I won't be unhappy at, at all. <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly believe that that somewhere along the line things have to change, and it's up to the people to make those changes. It's just like when you see uh, politics change from generation to generation. Uh, I, I think the responsible people will reach out and maybe do something about it typically i just see you know government getting worse and worse and worse it's changing but it's just you know going one direction we have a caller on the line caller welcome aboard with thomas booker mr booker how you doing doing fine how are you doing i'm doing pretty good i just want to say uh the uh contract you signed was 130 mil but it is still 40 million a year though with the meds so 130 million 130 million yeah. But when it I goes went, above. First of all, first of all back, back years ago, guys, the, the owners owners owned the players. Okay, right. When a play when a player signed with the team, he couldn't move. He he couldn't. He had to stay with that team for his whole career. And we now, I'm not I'm not and I'm not talking just baseball. I'm talking about football, basketball, all of it. And the two words change it. Do you know what two words are, Thomas? Do you know what they two words are changing? What's that? Free agency. Oh yeah, Mr. Kurt Flood. You remember that? I do. You remember that? So that's what and I came. think Kurt Flood should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I don't know if he should. Be. I'm not. I'm not getting all that Hall of Fame. I don't know about all that stuff. I'm just saying that's what changed it. As far, no, as far as you're it. right. And like you said, I mean, like to say the owners are paying it. So what do you want the players to do, Truman? Not take it. So I'm not going to take that forty million. I'll take twenty million. I'll take ten million. I'm going to take less. You think they're going to take less? No. Oh, no. They're not going to take And less. I don't blame them. They're not going to do I, it. What I'm talking about is the attitude that it, 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 it's like a cancer. And television has become a cancer for all sports. Well, You're talking about people playing a game that uh, kids play and enjoy it all their lives. And you know that uh, that's, that's one of those things that... Uh, uh, everybody's taking advantage of, of what's going on in today's world. But I don't, well, and I, I hate I to see that, it. I'll just say this. You, you talk about pro sports, well, college sports, college football. Do you know who Brian Kelly is? Coach Notre Dame. 
Yes, yeah. Sign with LSU. Do you know how much he's going to make at LSU coaching? You I about saying, how much he's making a year at LSU? Is you know it, how much? 15, 15 million. All right? So LSU's going to pay it. They, they going to get the best coach they can get for the money. How much is Heibel making at Tennessee? You're a Tennessee fan. How much is he making? How much is he making, Truman? How much you know? are you making, Truman? You're, you're, you're a rock top man. You're, you're from the I, I don't know exactly he's what he's making. He's making a lot of money, though, isn't he? He's yeah, making, sounds he's like LSU sold their soul to the devil. He's not making that. He's making about four, five, six million. I can tell you that. How right much now. is uh, Nick Saban making? About eight or nine million, probably more than that. He's a highest paid. He's a highest paid employee in the state of Alabama. Highest paid employee. That highest is crazy. The state of Alabama. He's a good coach. But... All right. You better believe he's one of the best of all time. They say. But why are I mean, they making that much money? Because 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 college athletics and sports is a big business. Because someone's offering no it to them. Oh, that's that because that's business, because right? the people are supporting all of that. Well, that's true. When they and they're supporting it, and football makes the most money of all of it. You spend the most money, but you make the most. And football, like y'all talking about all this conference realignment, it's football driving. No other sport driving but football. Okay, and football in this country and the South is like some kind of religion. Everybody Saturdays watching it. Friday nights high school, Saturday college, and Sunday the pros. And Truman, you know it, so don't get, don't tell me you don't know it. So y'all hang up. I, I enjoy y'all's show. Have a good day. Thank y'all. Thank you. Be safe and take care. But you know uh, me, I've been a, a UT fan ever since I was probably six years old. Right. And uh, the thing about what's going on right now, I, I love Heupel. I love his attitude. Um, he works hard um, with his guys. But I'm starting to get more and more into high school. See, high school is not bothered by all of that, and and, and and the 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 fans is uh, their support is for their local teams in their community, in their county or city or whatever. And just like what just happened with Oakland and Maryville last Friday, I I was so much into that game that uh, it what just blew it, uh, Oakland beat Maryville, and I think it's first time in, what, 21 years that someone had beaten them in the playoffs on their own home field. Really? Yeah. And uh, Oakland did it. Oakland has been a dominating team all year. And the, the coaching and, and the way that the kids play together as a team – is pretty special. It's it's not like they want to stand out above everybody else on their team. Sure, they're playing as one, and that's that's pretty darn special when you think about it. Pretty, and impressive. I think that I think they really uh, uh, believe in their fans. And uh, Kevin, you know, he he throws his whole life into in being coach for their time, and he has some great assistant coaches also. So, um, I. I uh, I guess I'm probably uh, my erosion with sports is, is is just the greed process, and it's not just the players; it's the owners and gonna, everybody else that's involved. And uh, I mean, he's exactly right, though. If you've got, let's just say, I never want to play in Seattle, but they're going to pay me four hundred million dollars, and the next highest team's going to pay me three hundred. I mean, a hundred million dollar difference, and I know. 
I'll never spend 300 million, but I guess just knowing that I could make 100 million more going to Seattle. Why but not? the that the but does the money overcome everything else? I mean, I, 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 sports I is supposed to be uh, football, basketball, baseball. They're supposed to be team <clears throat> sports. I agree. And when you stand above all the others, and uh, uh, I know when we were talking about Freddie Freeman earlier, right? When, when I watched what was going on in the World Series and in the playoffs, and, and I saw the reaction with certain players, you know that that's that's pretty neat. It it really is, but it takes nine players to win a, a baseball game. It takes. Um, 22 actual in football to win a football game and when you get right down to it um some can stand out more than others but they have to work together to be pretty solid and uh i just um i i don't know we when the average guy goes and watch a game uh that's that's pretty neat I, I first time i saw mickey mantle play of course, Mickey Mantle had to work two jobs back in those days. How much would he? And probably the best baseball player that I ever saw. How uh, much would he make now? Well. <laughs> it's just like Harmon. How much would Harmon make? But Mickey Mantle stayed with the Yankees. He did not want to uh, ever change uniforms. And, and, and a lot of the other players. But see, he did. never had the option to have – the Dodgers make him an offer either because they were, you know, contracted every year under that ownership, like what he was saying. Yeah. That's very true. That's like Harmon. And if Harmon hit 49 home runs one year and then the next year he hit 47, uh, Calvin Griffith was not wanting to pay him any more, usually wanting to pay him a little bit less because he only hit 47 instead of 49 home runs. Yeah, there's two ways to look at it. So – but but there's no way that you will ever change my mind or anybody else will ever change my mind right on on the way it goes oh i mean i agree with you 100 percent. i just it's bad i guess whichever way you look at it but you give it 10 years from now how much people are going to be making a year yeah i remember back when a rod signed that 252 million dollar contract for 10 years in 2000 with the rangers and you know that was unheard of, and it was like what twenty five, yeah, twenty five yeah. million a year. But and since you're since you're on, you become a radio star. Oh, I you're think crazy. I think that uh, <laughs> Woodfin's foot should pay you a lot more by doing your job. <laughs> I hope Shannon's listening. <laughs> Shannon probably is. She listening. may be. Yeah. Bless uh, your heart. But 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 the, you you think about it. Uh, the average Joe. They don't have that uh, ability to um, change uh, their workplace and, and other things. When they when they get a job, they're told what they're supposed to be doing, and mm-hmm. and, and they do it. And probably some are better than others. It, it's um, it kind of goes against the grain of uh, what happens in this country. You might say. Sure, I know Gaylord Perry told me several times in conversation that. He always encouraged players to make as much as they could while they were playing because once they were done with the game, they weren't ever going to make, you know, anything as far as what they were making more than likely in baseball. But, of course, that was the 1980s when he retired and not, 
you know, 2021 where they're making what they're making now. And they make uh, uh, quite a bit when they become sports announcers, too. True. And representatives of their team. It's just like when congressmen, they, they, they're uh, either retire or finally voted out of office. Um, they, they, they become lobbyists up in Washington and making even more money. It's, uh, I don't know. When, when does their appetite start changing ever? They want more and more in a continuous type situation. And kind of spooky to think about, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But that's where I can't cheer for somebody making that kind of money. I just, I don't know. The history is more fun because, like you've said before, we've talked about before, it was just a much simpler game. And, you know, maybe the owner, maybe that's what's wrong with society in general. Maybe the owner should be more in charge and have more of a hold on his players versus – you know, everybody getting a piece of the pie. It stays more of a team that way. And But think back, World War II, mm-hmm. how many players left the games, uh, football, baseball, in particular baseball. Left their contract. And left their big contracts and went and fought for our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Williams is, is a big example. I mean, he was right at the very peak of his game. And then he decided, I will, I will, I'm going to do something for my country. And, and there are a number of them that did that. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Thomas Booker. My name is Mary Edith Martin McFarland, and I love Adam's Place. Nobody wants to leave their home. You know, I miss my house and yard and... That's why Adam's Place is wonderful for me. I feel safe and I feel cared for if I were to fall. Somebody there to help you out and get you to help. That's why Adam's Place is wonderful for me. I feel safe and I love Adam's Place. Bell Jewelers has been in business for over 142 years. This is Lisa Halliburton at Bell Jewelers. There's nothing like the sparkle of a Bell Jewelers diamond, and we have a wonderful selection of loose diamonds as well as mounted settings that you can create the ring of your dreams. We have hundreds of mountings to choose from. Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street, right across from Toots Restaurant. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hey, it's Men's Health Month, so be sure to get all your levels tested with a comprehensive annual health assessment at Low T Center. They'll check all your levels, not just your testosterone levels. Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, notice weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now, Low T Center offers the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for only $155 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. 
and they can ship directly to your home. Uh, let me say again, it's only $155 a month for monitored self-inject treatments, and they ship directly to you. At Low T Center, most insurance is accepted. Be sure to book your appointment online right now at lowtcenter.com. That's lowtcenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Stewart's Creek Health Occupations Students of America Club hold their annual holiday marketplace December 4th. The event will be this coming Saturday at Stewart's Creek High School and will feature local arts, crafts, direct sales, food, and even a petting zoo for kids. A charge is being dismissed against a Lebanon woman who was accused of assaulting two flight attendants. Amanda Henry was restrained by a passenger with plastic flex cuffs after allegedly punching one flight attendant and pulling another's hair on a Spirit Airlines flight to Nashville from Fort Lauderdale. Saturday night, a Nashville Airport Authority officer says there was a strong smell of alcohol on Henry. The charge of public intoxication was dismissed on Sunday. The Laverne Parks Department is planning a few extra surprises for the year's Christmas parade. The annual Parade of Lights is scheduled for December 11th at 5 p.m., but this year the parade will start at City Hall and end at Veterans Memorial Park. This year's theme is Who Stole Christmas with the Laverne Grinch serving as the Grand Marshal. The tree lighting ceremony will take place at the park immediately following the parade, along with Christmas caroling. Senior Citizens Awareness Network members met for food and fellowship during the annual SCAN Thanksgiving lunch this past Wednesday at Lane Agri Park. The Sheriff's SCAN program volunteers helps senior citizens with safety, food, and home visits. SCAN members who are unable to attend receive meals provided by Publix at Salem Cove and delivered by deputies and volunteers. Socialize with us on social media. Log on to Facebook.com slash WGNS Radio and click the like button. And remember, when news breaks, we tweet it. Follow us at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. The Good Neighbor Network, on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's most trusted source for local news. You don't have hot dogs or apple pie or no Chevrolet to drive, but we have some hickory smoke wings you're just dying to try. You'll try them, you'll like them, you'll give some to a friend. So on a dare, just stop on by and bring in a friend. Slick Pig Barbecue, 1920 East Main. WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny this afternoon, a high in the low 60s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, alone near 37. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 44. Premier 6 Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier 6 on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. 
these names in here that all serve, I love. Hey, Thomas, we're back, and we've got another caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard. Hello there, Truman. Hello, Thomas. Good Hello. morning. Hello, Dad. How you guys doing? We're just terrific. How are you? Trying to solve world problems. Well, you know, you're talking about pro sports and a little bit about college and the price of uh, Brian Kelly going to LSU. But yeah. I think the other thing that's really changing college sports is this transport portal. And oh, it is. You know, when it first started coming around, I thought it was the odd occurrence that somebody would move from one team to another. And then watching all the games, you know, this past weekend, it's like, who stays on what team? And these kids are moving around, going from school to school. If I don't get playing time, I'm gone. It's just like major uh, leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the it, loyalty? It, there appears to be none. You know, Alabama's yeah. leading receiver came from Ohio State. Uh, he was behind three other guys, and he said, well, I guess I'm not going to be playing much here, so I'll just go down to Alabama. Good move for him in the playoffs. Uh, he'll keep playing. But, uh, you know, it's just it just seems to take away from the character of college sports. And I don't know, does this transfer portal also apply to basketball and baseball? Because I haven't really followed it that much, you know. It's I haven't really looked sport. into it. Yeah. I would say it probably would. I mean, I don't know why they'd be exempt from it. Yeah. I think yeah. there's probably just more money in football. Maybe that's why we're hearing more about football. But anyway, I just thought as you guys were talking about that, I'd call in and make my comment about this transfer portal. That Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that one. I particularly don't care for it myself. Uh, and it does. It brings up where's your loyalty and where's your commitment. Once I sign with a team, I think I need to stay with that team. And how does a coach build a team year from year if he doesn't know who's going to be his key players? They That's transfer why I out. Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Because in pro, you do sign those long contracts. And it's it's, easier to it's like a, a chess game. You lose some, and then you try to replace them. And it, yeah, everybody's moving around all over the country. Yeah, you know what it, it reminds me? It, it reminds me of when we were kids and we played football in somebody's yard after school. Yeah. You never knew who was going to be on your team from day to day, <laughs> you know, because you swapped up continually. Yeah. And if you get so-and-so, then I want so-and-so on my team, you know. So. Anyway, I just thought I'd call and say that. So. I appreciate you calling. Hope you guys are doing well. Oh, you yeah. Too. I'll holler at you later on. All right, I've got another caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard. Hello, Truman. Uh, this is my first call to you, but I've enjoyed this gentleman. He comes on. He talks about baseball. It brings back some um, good childhood memories for me. My father had a drugstore in Columbus, Ohio, and I'd work there in the summer afternoons, and uh, they'd turn on the radio, and some of the old-timers would come in and sit at the fountain and listen to the game. 
and it was a regular occasion. So I learned a lot of those players' names that were on the Indians and um, and um, Cincinnati's team. And it was just uh, so when you all talk about them, I just enjoy it so much. And <laughs> I appreciate you having him on. Do you do you remember how the Indians got their name? No, I don't. Go ahead, Thomas. You and I have talked about this a number of times. And and that's why I think that people get so snooty about uh, what a team is called. And this one had a great start. So, yeah, Nat Lajway, he played for the Cleveland, well, the Cleveland American League franchise from like 1903 to 1914. One of the best second basemen of all time. Cleveland loved him. They called the team the Cleveland Naps while he was there. He left and was uh, actually traded back to the Philadelphia Athletics for 1915. So team owner Charlie Summers uh, had the team vote on a new name, and they voted the Cleveland Indians uh, because of a gentleman, Lewis, uh, I can't think of his last name, it's something long, but he yeah, was from Maine. I can't pronounce I can't, it. Yeah. yeah, it's some Indian name, but he uh, had played previously for the Cleveland Indians, and a lot of sports writers, I think, dubbed him the Indians prior to yeah. uh, Nap Lajway leaving Cleveland. So Charlie Summers let the players vote. Cleveland Indians was born in 1915, and it stayed that way until about a week and a half ago. And he became an alcoholic, unfortunately. Because the oh, the well. players were um, started taking him out with them when they go to bars and stuff, and he at that point he had never dr uh, drunk anything at all. I think he died of tuberculosis in yeah. the nineteen teens. But yes, he you know a lot of those players though in the nineteen teens were heavy alcoholics. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, it affected his playing ability yeah which of course it would in those so times Socrates, Lewis, so uh, something like don't that. ask me to pronounce it because i can't like i said it's about 12 letters long yeah but yeah but that was the whole reason for them going to the indians and i like the name indians and i like the logo but apparently the owner and we're we're in a world right now that there doesn't seem to be any logic to anything that happens in no, today's world. There doesn't. So that's why I try and stick to the history because you can't change history. All you can do is learn from it. And you know, well, they're trying to change history. Bless their hearts. We were up there last week when they did the name change, and according to the news, there was a line outside the team store. My wife and I, it opened at, I think, 9. We got there about 10 o'clock, and I just looked at it. Mm -hmm. There was no one outside. We went inside. There was about 15 people looking at all the new merchandise for Cleveland Guardians. And I just was, like, shaking my head. We turned around and walked out and left. Right after we left, they had hung a new Cleveland Guardian sign on the side of the ballpark. Uh huh. Well, it collapsed and fell off and broke into a 1,000 pieces. Maybe that's a sign. What do you it, think? That's what my wife was saying. I mean, it was kind of kind of creepy. Yeah. But the Cincinnati Reds, they also have a really rich history, and I'm actually honored to be on the Cincinnati Reds history page on Facebook. A 
couple friends and I founded that page several years back, and uh, we administer it. And there's about probably, I think there's 18,000 people mm-hmm. that are Reds fans. And the Cincinnati Reds last year, the ownership, uh, Castellini family invited myself and the rest of us administrators up to Cincinnati for two days and uh, kind of wind us and dined us. And we talked baseball history, and they invited Tom Browning yeah. to, to be with us. So it was very kind of the organization to do that. And uh, like I said, you know, as time goes on, you still have history and it needs to be represented. So that's just what I like doing. So, you know, uh, when I was growing up, I was a New York Yankee fan. Now, surprise, I, was, I, I was never surprise, uh, upset surprise. because I was uh, rooting for a team called the Yankees, which, which uh, I mean, how crazy can this world get? I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. It seems like it gets crazier every day. <laughs> you, and, and I'm sure they'll never touch Atlanta's uh, love go. I don't think so. So I'll tell you this. I did do some research, and supposedly the Braves give back every year to the Native American tribes in the southeast mm-hmm. of the United States. So a lot of those tribes actually support the Braves. Um, and what they do, they're not so much offended by, you know, the the name or the logo or the tomahawk chop. And the spokesperson for the Braves said, a, or not the Braves, but some of those Cherokee tribes in the mm-hmm. southeast said a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're more worried about people getting sexually abused and murdered on our reservations than we are, you know, the name of a baseball team. But when I was in Cleveland last week, uh, talked to a couple different friends up there and one of my good friends was telling me that basically the ownership of the cleveland franchise Mm -hmm. is just a cheapskate older fella last name dolan and he would never give anything to any of those tribes in the ohio Pennsylvania region yeah so he never had support of the local people to begin with so i think it was one easy way to kind of point the finger and you know cry name change but when we were up in Cleveland, I took it upon myself. I believe I asked 25 to 30 people, local people in Cleveland, all throughout the city, you know, what their opinion was on Guardians. And only one person said they liked it. 24 or 29 people, like I said, it was somewhere in that area, all were against it and hated it and thought it was stupid and said they'll always be an Indians fan. The Guardians, that doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It's not really a, a sports name when you get right down to it. No. There's a bridge in Cleveland that's got some concrete statue of, a, I guess, a warrior, but they're going to call him a guardian. Maybe like he guards the city of Cleveland, but, you know, the city of Cleveland needed guarded years ago when it was a nice metropolitan area before, you know, the Cuyahoga caught on fire and <laughs> the city went to hell. What the the, the – the movie cleveland or the major league the major league great movie that was a great uh, movie they probably won't ever play it again since it's talking about the indians you know well when you think about it most indian tribes had great warriors and uh, i think that 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 pretty much goes along with sports having people that are um um uh, above the norm you might say sure most definitely yeah i know sarah bell you know sarah she 
she goes up there and works with the tribes in the in the Lakota nations, and she does such a great job, and and they absolutely love her to death. And uh, um, I think from what I've heard, most of the people in the, in the tribes across the the country they're very proud of of, of their heritage and proud of, of of the people that came before them i mean it it's a that's a pretty special how it seemed like everybody's wanting to change everything that's happened in this world and it's not for the good of anybody no except for those particular people who are trying to get something out of it you got these idiot protesters sitting there saying oh indians name it's offensive yet they're not contributing nothing to these poor tribes on these reservations you know yeah they're just wanting to sit there and cry name change but when it comes to actually helping the native americans they don't care i think that's kind of ironic yeah you know but each in, in each uh baseball team has its own identity when you think about it and if you go into watching atlanta uh brave baseball game then you've got to learn to do the chop and all that other stuff and it, it, you, you almost become part of the team i agree i like baseball teams that have a museum representing their history too yeah so you know the cincinnati reds have one of the best museums as far as you know going back to 1869 uh, which city do you consider the best baseball city? Because you've been to every stadium in in the country, and you've been at the games and and the atmosphere. I know that you have a strong commitment to Minnesota. Yeah, uh, but it's not the best. I, honestly, I think probably St. Louis. Oh, I love St. Louis now. I, I think St. Louis, they've got... My gonna, daddy was a St. Louis fan, and taking him and mama well, the there Car was special to me. The Cardinals have the history, though, going back to the 1920s, and I think that's really important, but... Uh, well, you had them and the Browns. Well, yeah, and the Browns really weren't much, but still, yeah. you know, part of history, and they were, you know, rich in their own way, and they're still remembered as well today on certain yeah. websites. Uh, on Facebook that I'm a member of, just talking about Brown's, you know, history. Did you, did you did you get your love of baseball from your dad, or how did that work out? Mm, no, not really my dad. I mean, he liked it some, but I think uh, maybe the level and the interest, I think I got, you know, my dad's very interested in certain, you know, hobbies himself. Mm -hmm. So I think that level of interest, I think I inherited from him, but I wouldn't say baseball. I mean, he's big into, you know, other things. He likes Jeeps. He likes tractors, you know, and I like that too. But for some reason, I just connect more with baseball. I think baseball is pretty universal. Anybody, you know, you can pretty much sit down and talk baseball with. But something lit up your uh, interest in it. It had to be something. I like American history, and baseball since the 1860s has been very important in American history. And I love World War One. I, I love World War Two. And like we were talking earlier, you can relate baseball to you know World War One and World War Two. I used to love World War One and World War Two more than anything, and I think I got tired of reading about four years yeah. for each war. And so baseball, you know, really with the history of it, you can go back as far as you want, to, like I said, to the 1860s up until current day. So you've got, you know, a good, what, 100 and 
70 years, 160 years. Yeah. 160 years of baseball. So, you know, I can kind of pick and explore certain parts, but particularly myself, I just like 20th century baseball. I think baseball more than any other sport is America's game. And and think of all of the uh, – you were going through the number of players, baseball players, that were in World War One, World War Two, Korea. That just, and that was just Hall of Famers. Yeah. That and, wasn't, you know, it's crazy. And, and they were all in their prime when when they volunteered to go in and fight for a country. The majority of them were, yeah. yeah. Not all of them, but, yeah, the majority of them. I mean, Ralph Kiner, Bob Lemon, Monte Irvin, of course, he was Negro League. Mm-hmm. Billy Herman, shortstop for the Cubs. Hank Greenberg, Joe Gordon, Charlie Geringer, second base for the Tigers. Career was kind of coming to the end. Bob yeah. Feller, though, I mean, he lost four good years. Bobby Doerr with the Red Sox. Larry Doby yeah. was Negro League, but eventually joined the uh, Indians in 47. He's with, with Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, Bill Dickey, which into his career. Leon Day, another Negro leaguer. Mickey Cochran, into his career. Nestor Shylock, umpire. Willard Brown, he was a Negro League player, mm-hmm. hit the first ever home run in the American League. Yogi Berra, Al Bartlick, another umpire, Luke Appling, shortstop for the yeah. Chicago White Sox, and that's just half of the list for World War II. But, I mean, you go back to World War One, and, you know, people think of Ty Cobb. They don't probably think of him being in the Army in, you know, World yeah. War One. Grover Alexander, I was telling you about, pitch famous pitcher for the uh, Grover Cleveland Alexander. Yeah, what a yeah. name! But for the Philadelphia Phillies, and he yeah. had actually signed a new contract. He got traded to the Cubs, and then they lost him because he went into service. Uh, but then also uh, Christy Mathewson, I told you he was gassed and later developed tuberculosis and died in 1925. Yeah, at a early age his autograph sells for about fifteen thousand dollars if you can find it just think how much uh, those players they were right in their prime most of them a lot of them when were. when they left and, and to go and fight for the country mm-hmm. i mean uh, i wish we still had that uh, love of country and and the patriotic feeling that each one of them had. Well, it's kind of interesting because then I was telling you, you go to Korea War and you got six Hall of Famers that really serve in Korea, and it's Ernie Banks, Whitey Ford, Whitey Herzog, Eddie Matthews, Willie Mays, and again, Ted Williams. I mean, it's, you know, and then after that, with Vietnam, you really don't have anybody that, you know, stood out as far as Hall of Famers. Kind of like after Korea, they were pretty much all exempt from having to go. You know, they would go and do the USO shows in the off season. I know yeah. Harmon went over to Vietnam with Hank Aaron and Brooks Robinson, and I can't remember who else went with them, but I think in 69. So they would go over to, you know, entertain the players and stuff, but as actually, you know, serving in the military, they were by then all exempt, I guess, from having to sign up and, you know, go through all that. Yeah. But Vietnam was a different war. Yeah. And- Not one that I'm opposed to because, you know, do what your country says but you know world war one and world well actually world war two was the only war i think the united states really should have been involved in i think world war one should have been left alone personally but you know i think great britain got us into the middle of all that yeah but you have to look at it far beyond 
what was happening during that particular time too because yeah. we had allies and we had um during that particular time it it would probably span the globe as they used to say and and uh but sometimes you have to um as things get going you have to look maybe five or ten years ahead of when something may occur true I just don't think Germany in World War One. they weren't this evil country like they became in World War Two. They were totally different. But a lot of World War One people don't realize was over colonies in Africa. And, you know... Uh, they did uh, colonize a, a, a lot of territory, Great Britain did. I, I think oh, they, they probably had more than anyone else during but that King, particular time. King George V and... Uh, was it Tsar Nicholas? They were cousins, and so was Kaiser Wilhelm. They were, what, all first cousins maybe or something? Yeah. I can't remember everything. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it was a family feud, and then the United States got drug into the middle of it. No wonder you got away from uh, <laughs> that bit, what, number one and number two being so interesting for you well like i said it just it is what it is you you have a great memory thomas you was, really do well when you like something and, I, and again my dad he has a photographic memory so i inherited that as well you know yeah and i think some of my dad's side my mom's side too but my dad's side a couple of them they just really remember detail yeah i was impressed with both of them when when they came last time and thoroughly enjoyed them they yeah. they were a lot of fun you can flash back to 1960 smyrna with them no doubt about it you you enjoy smyrna don't you yeah Smyrna's a good place i love smyrna and, and it, it it seems to be one of those places you can't knock them down no. If they slip a little bit, they're going to they're going to come up standing. I guarantee you. Smyrna is is one of my favorite places because it it just has that inherent uh, ability to survive and even get better. And, and just think what they've been through. Oh yeah. For the last hundred years, you might say. My, uh, I, I was going to say my grandmother and great uncle that when they moved to Smyrna, I think it was around 1940, 41. Mm -hmm. I think the population was 400. <laughs> so it was kind of neat listening to my grandmother and of course my great uncle Bud about just the change that's happened in Smyrna. Yeah. But then of course Seward Air Base brought the rest of my family to Middle Tennessee. Yeah. To Smyrna, and uh, it's just neat to have been a part and witnessed i guess the change now you're pretty much in charge of uh woodfins in smyrna i guess you could say that yeah well <laughs> i just said it <laughs> so. and, and, and you know some of the more interesting people that i've known in my life lived in smyrna yeah we're not that bad well, we don't change like murfreesboro murfreesboro's totally different from what it used to be but the good thing about Murfreesboro is instead of now having to go to Nashville for something, I can just stay in good old Rutherford County and, you know, drive 15 minutes south on Highway 41, Murfreesboro Road, Lowry Street, Broad Street, whatever you want to call it. And here I am in Murfreesboro getting whatever I need and not have to get on I-24 and battle all that to use yeah. the city. Uh, but the traffic here in Murfreesboro is unbelievable. No. Murfreesboro is a unique place, and I, I like it. But as far as the, yeah, the road system here, it's like 
part of it was developed and part of it wasn't. And I mean, my first day at work in 2005, I'd never really been to Murfreesboro because, of course, I grew up in Ohio, moved back here. I didn't know how to get to Woodfin Chapel on Last Cassis Pike. And that was in 2005, just because, you know, even then you had Thompson Lane go certain place, Northfield, Clark, didn't realize all of it. It's growing so fast, the, uh, the, the, the traffic structure, they can't keep up with it. Now, just like uh, on Salem Pike, you know, yeah. had the bridge, and right. it seemed like that thing has been going on forever. It seems like it should have been done forever ago. Yeah. They should have done it 10 years ago. Yeah. Same with Sam Ridley. I mean, you knew it was going to get big. I don't know why you're waiting now to do it. I can understand waiting to have to do uh, Jefferson Pike, you know, to 840 mm -hmm. there east of Smyrna. But I would have thought Sam Ridley would have been done a long time ago. And I think Lee Victory's probably next, the other great road to take yeah. into I-24 as far as in Smyrna goes. But Murfreesboro, totally different situation. And i tell you one thing I was talking about the other day to one of my coworkers. So Cherry Lane, they're going to extend it to Murfreesboro Road just south of Roselawn. Mm -hmm. And then are they going to take it from there on over to Singer, or is it going to stop it? I have no idea. I don't either. I tried looking at the 10-year plan, and it just got confusing, so I went to something else. What is the most popular uh, place for people wanting to go to a cemetery which cemetery is more popular right now i know you had roseline and evergreen um i'd say but but there are uh, smaller cemeteries that people still will select Mapleview is very popular in smyrna yeah uh, but the thing about it it's probably 85 percent full so in 10 years i'm not for sure what Smyrna's going to do as far as you know cemetery goes but what will keep that cemetery alive? How, how will, uh, who will support that cemetery after it's, a, it's full? It's a city-owned cemetery, so the city will always take care of it. Well, that's pretty neat. So, hey, you guys. And again, uh, Mullins Hill was supposed to be a city-owned cemetery, from what I was told, and then they kind of abandoned it. Yeah. That's the cemetery on top of the bluff there off Sam Ridley, yeah. across from Lowe's on Old Nashville Highway. Yeah. But, I mean, Evergreen, I think they've got a lot of life left as far as in the cemetery with expansion. Roseland, I'm not really for sure. It's a corporation, so I can't find out much information about it. But I know they still have some room to expand, and they do a nice job there as far as taking care of the grounds. Hey, Truman. Everything changes. Yeah. I was just going to mention uh, Craig Tyndall, the city manager, was just on. We talked about that Cherry Lane um, extension it's going to extend to about a mile north of the broad street uh interchange at 840 and they're going to have a cherry lane interchange about a mile north of it between sulfur springs and broad street oh wow so that's where okay. it will they'll actually have an interchange on 840 for that so how long will i have to live to be able to drive on it <laughs> you won't have to worry about it as old as you are no, I'll be over 100 years old. Unbelievable. Just it won't kidding. take that long. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the work's going to start pretty quick, though, um, as quick as it does in government. I believe they've already cleared out a whole bunch of land there, haven't they? Just north of, uh, I can't think of the fellow's farm that just passed away, the yeah. Murfreesboro Road to the right as you head north towards Smyrna. There's a big clear. The other thing I was going to mention, you're talking about Smyrna growth, and uh, Smyrna has its very own 
radio tower now. Uh, FM 100.5 WGNS is in Smyrna, so you can listen in Smyrna on 100.5 and hear a crystal clear signal of the Truman Show and all of the things we have here on the radio right there in Smyrna. Truman, That'd be pretty you should, neat. You should come to Smyrna and we'll do a show in Smyrna. Oh, well, are we going to have a place in Smyrna to go to, Brian? Who knows what we're going to do in Smyrna, but we're going <laughs> to have lots of Smyrna and Murfreesboro. If we can cover Rutherford County and all the what almost 350,000 folks here i think we're we'll have our hands full don't forget laverne now that's right that's right laverne needs love too three of the top 20 cities in murphy are in, in tennessee or in rutherford county yeah it's unbelievable isn't it yeah thomas just lost all of his listeners from smyrna <laughs> <laughs> how did he do that he mentioned the uh other city name oh laverne. i see yeah well, yeah, I mean, you know, you know they they've been in stiff competition for many years. Well, at one time we were one, and then the division really came about 1989 when we had two high schools. I remember before they actually had a city in Laverne, we had to do all the patrol work in in Laverne at one time. Well, I've been many years ago. I do know that it's not a it's not a city of Smyrna; it's the town of Smyrna. Town of Smyrna. Got to get that right. Well, I, I would think that uh, if you utilize those t- two particular words, Smyrna would be more of a city than it would be a town now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, with its population. town of Smyrna and yeah. the town council and, and all that. That's just the word they use. But anyway, I heard you talking about some of those things and wanted to uh, participate in the show just a bit. Thank you. Always good to have you on the show, Brian. I know. I miss seeing you, man. You got to come by and see me sometime. I know. We'll have Come to, to do that. We'll That's what out. Mae West said. <laughs> Come up and see me sometime. Well, I don't mind if I do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, why why is cremation become such a popular thing? I want to know from uh, you talk to all these people that make yeah. changes. Well, my father-in-law just passed away, and uh, uh, Christy's father, and uh, we lost him to cancer. He'd been sick for five years, mm-hmm. but just terminally probably the last five days before he passed this last saturday but he wanted cremation and of course to be honest with you this is really the closest person that i've been connected with as far as the cremation goes and yeah um of course it doesn't bother me seeing it in the cat seeing a person in the casket or you know the cremation but i'd say as far as just average joe uh i almost think it's kind of easier and I hate saying this, but just, you know, a lot of people this day and age aren't prepared to see somebody dead laying in a casket. Well, uh, they don't have to open the casket. They don't have to open it, but I, I just think a lot of people, it's just easier if it's just cremation and you're not having to actually look at the person. I think that's easier for some people. Of course, the cost is a little bit less, but mm-hmm. it can be just as much depending on what type of service you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing with cremation is a lot of people can do the cremation and not have to schedule a service until, you know, maybe after the holidays or when it's nicer weather. Uh, also with cremation, you can take the cremated remains and basically kind of do what you want with them course there's some places that have rules and regulations but you know if you want to take someone to the ocean if you want to take someone and bury them with a loved one or if you just want them at home so there's a lot more options with cremation but you know i think for society as far as 
I don't want to say we're a weaker society, but when it comes to death, I think maybe a little bit we are. A lot of people can't face death, so it's just hard for some people to see someone, like I said, in a casket. But but you've got the memories there with the monuments and everything. Sure. And in, in the cemeteries. And a lot of people though do cremation and bury the urn, or bury the ashes in the cemetery and do a headstone. So you can still go to the cemetery and visit your loved one. It's just they're in a casket, not a urn. Yeah. Or in an urn and not a casket. Excuse me. But I guess most pe most people before they die they select something. It's usually not up to the family. In most I wouldn't cases. say a lot of people. I mean, I think I think people in general probably have an idea as far as what they want. I mean. My father-in-law shared what he wanted, and, I mean, it's just, you know, honor his wish, but... Well, you know what I did, because I did it with you. Right. Uh, I, I uh, selected everything to be done during the service, and, and I selected my uh, the casket and, and everything, and uh, um, I'm, mine is pretty much a mirror of what we did for Jackie. Sure. And we're going to be next to each other, you know. So um, I told you how I wanted my service to be done. Sweatpants. Sweat Rocky pant, Top. Yeah, Rocky Top. Mickey Mantle jersey. Yeah, number seven. Number seven. Yeah, people Not think six. I'm crazy, but that's what I want to do. <laughs> and when you think about it, it's it's it's. it's it's kind of a personal thing. But it's for the living, too, the service is. It's not for the dead person. So, I mean, you know, I just, whatever I can do to make somebody happy. And anybody that's not familiar with prices on stuff, I would encourage people to do some research. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because your mom's buried at a cemetery doesn't mean you have to go to a cemetery. A cemetery might be seven thousand dollars a grave <laughs> mm -hmm. so check out b c and d also uh you can pay a lot less have the graves uh, can, can, have the, the cost of grave sites is it kind of going along with the cost of everything else as it grows in my opinion i think the grave and the opening and closing of the grave has skyrocketed over funeral services yeah uh but I paid for mine already. Well, but I don't want to say too much because, you know, I don't want to offend anyone. But, I mean, for example, Roselawn, when I started at Woodfin Chapel in 2005, their opening and closing was around $600. Mm -hmm. And here it is almost 2022, 17 years later. That same opening and closing now is 1995. It's gone up that much. Good night. And embalming at Woodfin Chapel is $610. Uh-huh. And it was six hundred and ten dollars in two thousand and five. It's not gone up. Yeah. So you know, the, the opening and closing. I mean, anybody can open and close a grave, but then you take the embalming. You have to go to school for, and you know, spend two years of your life learning to embalm, and it's kind of like a lost art almost. And it's only six hundred and ten dollars. So you know, a lot of cemetery charges have gone up in price, but not so much the funeral charges. You yeah. know, you look at TV and. TV's half right. They just don't cover everything. Talking about the cost of yeah. stuff. Well, it's a business to some people. It uh, is. I mean, it's a business. I mean, you got to survive, but you yeah. don't have to rob somebody either. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain places that jack the prices up, and it just, you know, for them it is what it is. And 
I think a lot of people that move into the area, they don't know, so they just jump to A or, you know, jump to B without doing, you know, exploration. Yeah. I spent about a week with you, didn't I? Learning everything. And, I was going to say probably a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. But it's also about who you can trust. And the thing I'll tell you also, I mean, you know this more than anybody, there are certain people that will take advantage of people. No. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> in, in today's world, surely yeah. not. But even in the funeral field, there's people that will take advantage of people. and That's you know, why everybody has to do their research work. They need they? to do their research. It's very important. Just yeah. like history in baseball, you do your research, and then you come to your conclusion. Don't, you know, jump in five years deep and think you know everything. But, yeah, you know, I just try and be honest because – at the end of the day, I just want to make sure I've done the right thing because I do believe in karma and, you know, lying to somebody or telling somebody something, um, you know, especially when they're grieving, you could take advantage of them pretty bad if you wanted to. Yeah, if they haven't done their work uh, before a person gets sick and, and um, you know that they're going to lose them pretty quickly. Sure. Uh, and, and if it's down to the... When someone dies unexpectedly, it's pretty tough to take care of those things, isn't it? It it really is. It is. And one thing about Woodfin Chapel that I like, the way uh, the management ownership have the, the, the funeral home set up is, as far as our charges go, they're very clear. They're almost dumbed down just for anybody, just to understand, because, you know, again, some places hide charges within the general price list mm -hmm. and some things you're paying for that you don't need and Woodfin Chapel is always really good about you know if if, if something's not used what well, but they've paid for it well their family's reimbursed mm -hmm. so you know I can't say every funeral home does that but I know we do and it's just one thing that we're really you know cautious on can't charge somebody something if they don't use it yeah Sometimes you know. Why, some, why does why does the person have to have their hair done and? I guess to make them resemble toenails, clip or whatever. About that, I ain't yeah. got no toenails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go drive a trash truck before I clip toenails, but you know to resemble their loved one as close as you can. You want somebody that you can trust and somebody you know, but. I think you, you you do a lot of that work, uh, embalming and all that stuff, or, or you have. In the I past. have, you know. Uh, is it hard to have just like you and I are friends? Right. Would it, would it be difficult for you to do mine or your embalming? Yeah. No, I embalm my grandmother. So if I can embalm Ooh. her, <laughs> if I can embalm her, I can embalm anyone. But I would not cremate you. I think cremation's a little different. Yeah. Some of the process you've you've got to do a few things, and that's just something I don't feel comfortable with. So. Well, I saw uh, the Diamonds Are Forever, the James Bond movie. And do you remember? He escaped out of the crematory. He, yeah, uh -huh. and and and, the, and it was just burning and all that. Now, is that right? Do they uh, actually burn a uh, a casket? Or well, how does that work? That was hot. Well, actually, no. I mean, we do burn a casket once in a while. So if, if, 
and that's another thing about Woodfin Chapel I like. We don't rent caskets. I think renting caskets is a joke. Yeah. I mean, a funeral home charges $2,000 to rent a box for, you know, four hours. Yeah. And at Woodfin Chapel, you're spending the same amount of money, but you're getting a casket that's never been used before. Yeah. But the casket is burnt with the individual. We don't, you know, keep the casket and try and resell it. So if the family's going to have a full viewing and then cremate, we do have the casket go with the person yeah so but if it's just going to be a cremation and nothing else there's just a fiberboard container required by the crematory and it's just a simple container the person's placed in while we get the paperwork from the state before we can do the cremation it's not that bad but like i said embalming somebody is not a big deal but the whole cremation part you know I wouldn't do that for somebody that I know. Yeah. Just a little different. And I think everybody I work with, for the most part, would probably agree. A couple of them doesn't bother them. And it may not bother me. It's just a bridge I don't want to cross if I don't have to cross it. And you're still young. You don't even have to worry about that for yourself for another five or six years. That's true. I just like taking care of people in the northern end of the county. Yeah. Smyrna's a good place. Tell mom and dad hi for me up in Ohio. I'll pass it on. All right. Thanks, Thomas. Enjoyed it, Truman. It's always a blast. Yes, it is. All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.